Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit gets fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. It's never God's plan for you to be a victim for you to be overcome, for you to be defeated. Don't listen to people that talk that kind of stuff. It is never God's will and plan for you to be overcome. He has made us more than conquerors. He has made us overcomers. And the thing you might say, well, I, I've already been overcome by this or that. Have you? Is it over? <laughs> I said, is it over? No, it, it's not over Till we're experiencing the victory. Hallelujah. You just say, no, I may be experiencing some challenges, some this and that, but I don't quit till we see total victory manifested in our lives. Said out loud, I am, I am an, overcomer. an overcomer. I am, I am more, than a conqueror. more than a conqueror. He does, he does. Always, always cause me to triumph. Me to triumph. Praise God. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the class. Sometimes people say, well, we're, we're coming into your uh, you know, office or, or your living room. No, no. We want you to come in here with us into the classroom. Put everything else on hold. This is just a few minutes. Uh, it can wait. Put everything else on hold. Give the Lord your full attention. And you'll find that when you seek Him with all your heart, He's going to respond to you. You're going to get answers. Father, all of us agree together today as touching these things, asking you for answers, asking you for help, asking you for the anointing of the Holy One that teaches us all things, that leads and guides us into all the truth, that brings to our remembrance everything that you've said to us, and even shows us things yet to come. We yield and give place to your Holy Spirit. Thank you in advance for ministering to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Would you turn, please, in our great uh, textbook, the Bible, to the book of Acts. Uh, I tell you, first, first off, let's just go to the first chapter, Acts chapter 1. For weeks and weeks here at Faith School, we've been on this topic we're calling faith for healing, faith for healing. And what we did in the beginning of this is one by one, we took the 20 individual cases of healing that are men mentioned in, uh, recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And that took weeks and weeks. And we have finally gotten through those. Now, if you weren't here for those, you miss some good stuff. 
I'm talking about the Word of God. You, it, it feeds you. It answers your questions. It shows you what God's will is. It shows you how He ministers things and how faith receives things. So if you, if you didn't hear that, uh, let me encourage you. Go online, faithschool.org.org, and uh, there's no charge. It won't cost you anything. You can watch all of it. You can listen to all of it. And what we've done is gone through those 20 in the gospel accounts. Now we're looking at healing in the Acts. And you'll find in Acts 1 and verse 1, it was uh, Dr. Luke, Luke the physician, that uh, the Holy Spirit used to pen the gospel account of Luke. And then also to pen this, to write the, that, what's called the Acts of the Apostles. And he says, the Spirit of God through Luke says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. And so he, then he continues with the, the book of Acts. And you'll find that what you heard Jesus preach and teach, you'll continue to hear preached and taught in the book of Acts. What you see Jesus doing in ministering healing, deliverance, miracles, signs and wonders continues to happen in the book of Acts. Uh, and you'll see even the, the very same phrases and the same actions. Uh, you'll think when you're reading the book of Acts that you're reading about Jesus because you are. <laughs> you, you'll think, well, that's just like something Jesus would do because it was something Jesus did. He's continuing to do the same works we read about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John through his church by his spirit. And the good news is we're a part of that same church today. Is that right? We got the same gospel, got the same Holy Spirit, got the same faithful God working today through his church as in the beginning days of the church. In fact, the book of Acts is still being written. I don't know what chapter we're on. You know, chapter 50,003. I, I don't know. But you're in there somewhere. And I'm in there somewhere because God is still acting by His Spirit through His church in the earth. He never changes. Doesn't need to. He's perfect. And He never will. And so we studied the healing in, in chapter 3 of the man uh, who was lame, who was healed at the uh, gate called Beautiful at the entering of the temple. We've talked about that, and that is inspiring and wonderful. We, we talked about the healing of Aeneas uh, over in chapter uh, 8. We looked at that. And then uh, our most recent one is we looked at the healing of, uh, well, I said chapter 8, it was chapter 9 for Aeneas. And, and then our last one was the raising from the dead and healing of the woman called Dorcas, who's also called Tabitha. And again, if you weren't with us for that, go online, faithschool.org, and you can catch up. But that puts us down uh, today to the fourth uh, account of healing, in our study of healing in the Acts, and it's in the 14th chapter of the book of Acts. Acts 14, and um, actually to get a better understanding of this, we should start in chapter 13. We won't uh, obviously do a verse by verse, but notice 
in the 13th chapter how this, what leads up to chapter 14, it says there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, and it gives the names of these different men, and Barnabas and Saul are two of these. Saul is later called Paul. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Spirit, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And so what we see is what those that study these things call uh, Paul's first missionary journey. And so they, uh, uh, they left from Antioch by boat. They went here to uh, Cyprus and then uh, they, they came around then up north to what is now uh, modern day South Turkey. And that's the reason I say all that is because look how 14 starts out. It came to pass in Iconium. So he's telling you where they are in this journey. And Iconium, they both went up together, this is Barnabas and Paul, into the synagogue of the Jews, and they so spake that a great multitude, both of Jews and also of Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and made their minds evil affected against the brethren. You notice you'll see this to this day. Uh, one translation said they poisoned their minds against them. And the devil is one of his uh, names and descriptions is the accuser of the brethren. And, and it's, it's told in Revelation that he does this night and day. This is something he does all the time. He's always trying to stir up trouble. He's always trying to get you to feel hard and believe lies about somebody, and he's feeding them same junk about you, trying to create strife. And his, his real motive is, is not just to, to cause strife only, but he wants to prevent people from getting the gospel. And he wants to get people to uh, turn away from and, and separate and leave uh, and not go to church and, and not be a part of ministry. And uh, Can you see, that's what's going on here. Uh, they came and ministered, and people are starting to believe. And so the enemy can't stand that. He's trying to stir up. Did you see that phrase? Stir up. Stir up trouble. Verse 3, Long time, therefore, abode they speaking boldly in the Lord. Everybody say boldly. boldly. In the Lord. Now, you'll find numerous scriptures about boldness. And boldness has to do not with just loudness, <laughs> not just volume, and not just being adamant. Uh, being bold is not something you can just work up. You know, Paul, uh, writing to the church, he said, pray for me that I may open my mouth boldly like I ought to. Well, you know, some people that wouldn't understand might write back and say, well, what do you mean, Paul? Just be bold. Well, no, he thought he needed to ask for prayer <laughs> to be bold. What does that mean? It's not, boldness is not just something that you say, okay, I'm going to be bold. No, uh-uh. 
You're bold because you're sure. Class, are y'all with me? And if you're not bold, it's because you're not sure. So it's not a matter of just flipping a switch and becoming bold. I got to get sure. And the more sure I am, the more bold I'll be. In fact, the same word translated bold can be translated outspoken. And, uh, you know, not timid, not hesitant, but uh, uh, confident is a perfect word for this. Confident, assured, sure. This sounds like faith. Is that right? Faith is the substance or the confidence of things expected, the evidence of things not seen. The scripture said, don't cast away your confidence. Those are all words for faith. To, to be strong in faith is to be fully persuaded, is to be sure, is to be confident, is to be bold. But now he's talking about preaching the word boldly. Tell me how faith comes. We, we know this, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the King James says. Those words actually are the, are the Greek words for spoken word and the word for Christ, which is the word for anointed. So faith comes by hearing the anointed spoken word. That's why, you know, People can hear things and not get faith at all. You know, just the sound of something bouncing off your eardrums does not automatically give you faith. And, and Jesus talked to people more than once and said, you know, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. And he talked about people hearing but not hearing, seeing but not seeing, hearing but not understanding. So he's talking about a heart hearing and God opening your heart so you can hear, that has to do with you wanting to hear it, being willing to hear it, willing to believe it, willing to receive it. A willing heart makes a hearing ear. And so that kind of heart, when the Lord anoints word, His words to be spoken, and you hear with that kind of heart, faith comes. Oh, hallelujah. This is one of the greatest things you could talk about. You don't get faith by praying for faith. If you've been saying, oh God, give me more faith, give me more faith, that's not the way to go. Faith comes by what? Hearing. Hearing. And then if you want your faith to grow and develop, you got to use it. You keep feeding it, but you use it. You speak it, you act on it, you keep feeding it and acting, and it's just like a, a muscle. You feed it and you use it, it'll get stronger. It'll get bigger. And that's the, way, that's the way our faith is. So they were speaking boldly in the Lord. Notice what happened in response to that. The Lord then gave testimony to the word of his grace and granted signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Now this is how it, it has always worked. God anoints men and women to proclaim boldly in faith what he has said. And then people that are willing to hear that, faith rises in their hearts. And if they'll believe it and respond to it, 
then he responds to them and confirms that word. Hallelujah. In their lives with signs and wonders following. With manifestations that confirm the truth of what his people said, his ministers said. Hold your place here and go to Mark, please. The um, last chapter of Mark, Mark 16. You'll see this is actually part of what we call the Great Commission. In Mark 16, after Jesus has gone to the cross, after he has been raised from the dead and appeared to the uh, eleven, verse 15 He charged them. And this is a charge to the entire church and body of Christ. He said, go into all the world. Well, what's Paul and Barnabas doing in these chapters we just got through reading about? Is that right? They have have left Jerusalem and they have left Antioch. And now when they got on the boat and they went to Cyprus and then they went on up into Iconium and Lystra and Derby and those places. These, as far as Christianity is concerned, this is the Wild West. Man, I mean, there ain't no, there ain't no churches out here. There's, there's nothing. There's, there hasn't been any preaching. Nobody getting saved, per se, in most of these places. Well, there are no churches. I can say it like that. They would go to the synagogues and speak because there were no churches to go to. But there soon were after they went. But go into all the world and proclaim what? The gospel. Preach the gospel to every creature, every created being. Now we're going to see in this uh, 14th chapter that word gospel appears more than once. And it's emphasized. It says in verse 7, I believe it is, there they preached the gospel. That's in Acts 14, this healing we're about to read about. And so, what are they preaching? The gospel. Now, that word is bannered around a lot. Um, and it's, you, you'll find anything that's really significant and important, the enemy tries to dilute it. And in, in getting people to use it in a bunch of ways it shouldn't be used. And you'll hear people say, that's the gospel truth. And it did not have anything to do with the gospel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's gospel. Uh, no, no. And even, you know, people label things. Well, that's, you know, good gospel music. And it might have been completely contrary to the Bible. You know, so what is gospel? Well, the word gospel literally means uh, good news uh, of, of good things. It also can be translated glad news, good tidings, glad tidings. And, and particularly, the gospel is the good news about what our good God has done for us through Jesus. The good news about salvation and redemption through Jesus coming, paying the price, being raised uh, through Judgment being satisfied by his sacrifice, the good news that he became sin, 
with our sin so we could be made the righteousness of God in Christ. He was judged in our place so we won't be judged, so we could be made part of the eternal family of God that we could never earn our merit. It's good news. I said it's good news. It's the best news you have ever heard and will ever hear. Somebody say the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. And so that is the main directive of the church. Now many have, again, watered it down and made the church into strictly a humanitarian organization as far as natural things. And so, well, the main thing the church is supposed to do is to feed people, clothe people, that kind of thing. And that is wonderful work. But as wonderful as it is, it's not the main directive of the church. Because the greatest need of human beings is not food and clothes. It's spiritual. And the scripture said, if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul, what have you benefited? What have you profited? So no, the greatest need of human beings is spiritual. And the answer to the spiritual problem is Jesus. Hallelujah. The answer to the sin problem is Jesus. The answer to the judgment problem and curse problem and all these things is Jesus. The good news about Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Class said out loud, good news, good news, good news, good news. And so he said, go into all the world and proclaim the good news to every creature, every creation. Like I was saying, anytime you hear a word that is overused, it's the enemy uh, many times, especially a, a good word I'm talking about, it's, uh, it's the enemy trying to dilute it. Take the word love, for instance. <laughs> love is an important word. God is love. But then you got people talking about, you know, loving pizza. Is that right? And I love my house and, and I love my new shirt and, and I love, no, no. And, and remember the scripture said one of the, one of the Ten Commandments involved not taking the Lord's name in vain. And you, this is why that uh, the word God is used in profanity. And you even hear people that don't even realize what they're doing. They go, oh God, oh God. And they turn around and say they don't even believe in God. Well, who are you talking to? Who are you talking about? Huh? O-M-G. People say, OMG, oh my God, that is taking the Lord's name in vain. You are using it with no purpose. When you, when you talk about God, when you talk about Jesus, you either need to be talking to them or about them. Elsewise, you're using it vainly in an empty way. And so I, I know people are in a habit of things, but that's a bad habit saying, oh my God, as an exclamation. You want to stop that. OMG. That's not cool. It's disrespectful. Come on, are y'all with me? Uh, my God, you know, uh, you hear Christians say it, you know, uh, oh my God, and, and this and that. That's akin 
to profanity. It's akin to, because what, in what we call cussing, where the Lord's name would be used in a bad way, what's the problem with it? Well, you're not talking to God, you're not talking about God, and you're using his name frivolously, lightly. Can you see, disrespectfully, even in a derogatory manner. Well, who's behind that? The, the devil. He's a blasphemer. He hates God. He wants to drag his name in the mud. He, he wants to try to defile these holy things. And I know we live in the, in the midst of a world that is so darkened in their understanding and so ignorant and confused about these things. But we are the light of the world. Is that right? We're the light of the world. And so it's not that we have to go around trying to correct everybody. I'm not saying that. But you want to set the example. They, they, no one should hear you talking like that or see you functioning like that. And if they care, they may ask you, well, why don't you ever use that? And you can tell them. <laughs> We're not the, uh, you know, morality police. We're not going around trying to straighten everybody out. If somebody doesn't want to hear it, they don't want to believe it, you're probably wasting your time yeah, and just causing issues. If somebody wants to know, then there's an open door there. Something can change. But what you do want to do is be consistent and be an example. And even if you get upset, even if you get mad, you don't have to use the Lord's name in vain. Right? right? If you got something going wrong, you need the Lord's help. <laughs> right? <laughs> don't be isolating yourself from him. Draw near to him. And sometimes it's a matter of uh, uh, breaking some habits getting your mind renewed, and after a little bit, you'll look back and go, whew, why did I talk like that? I don't know what, was, what I was thinking about, because you have changed. He said, go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes not shall be damned or condemned. These signs will follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it'll not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So can you see healing and deliverance from evil influences is part of the confirmation of the gospel? Oh, come on. Can you hear this class? Part of the confirmation of the gospel is authority over wrong spirits, speaking in tongues, deliverance from deadly things, and healing. Can you see that? Yes. That's in connection with what? The gospel. Class, it's important you make this connection. He did. How many understand he didn't change subjects, right, in, in, in verse 15, 16, and then this is another thing. No, go into all the world and preach. The gospel. And everybody that believes and responds, this will happen to them. And these signs will follow them that believe. Those that believe what? The gospel. Believing the gospel. Then notice what it said. Verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken, he was received up into heaven. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and doing what? Confirming the word. What word? The gospel. The word with signs following. They preached the gospel. And when people believed and acted on the gospel, deliverance, healing, speaking in tongues, protection. Come on, can you see that? The power of God showed up 
and confirmed the word with these manifestations of power following. It happened then, it happens now. Can you say amen? Praise God. And our time's up today. Said out loud, I live by faith, I walk by faith, I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. Come back tomorrow. We've got a lot more to see here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.